I had recorded an episode um, of this podcast where I was unpacking some internalized misogyny um, and I was going to post it, but as I listened back to it, it didn't feel complete, not that unpacking these kinds of things are, you know, is ever complete, but um, it felt like there were just some key things that were missing um, from that initial recording. So, so basically, I started out talking about how I've been listening to this podcast called The Man Enough Podcast. It's hosted by Liz Plank, Justin Baldoni, and Jamie Heath. Um, and it's been a, a really interesting podcast to listen to for a lot of reasons. Um, it's been very validating as a woman slash non-binary person um, to listen to these conversations um, based on my own experiences with men and within male-dominated industries and in society that places men on pedestals in family (laughs) that also places men on pedestals um and you know it's also it's also gotten me really looking into i guess from a a different way i'm not quite sure what this way is maybe it's just because i've been listening to it i pretty much binged all of the episodes in the last couple weeks and so just their format is probably in my brain, but, you know, they, a a question that is posed to guests on this program, there are many wonderful questions, um, and one that recurs a lot is, what is something that, um, what is something about yourself that you are working on changing and um, want to see shift more. And this is all in the context of, you know, how we show up emotionally and with our loved ones and in society and stuff like that. And so when I recorded this, I had started talking about how um, one thing I've wanted to work on shifting in myself that I have started, you know, working on, particularly um, during the beginnings of the pandemic, uh, was my, the internalized messaging I got about the devaluation of domestic work. And I 
as I was talking about it, I mostly broke it down to um, as a, a child and a teenager um, and even young adult, never wanting to give anyone the impression um, or false idea about me that I would, um, I put it, I use the term housewife. I would, I didn't want to, you know, give off any kind of housewife impression to everyone, but that wasn't totally my experience with domestic work. Yes, I did not want to end up in relationships where I felt forced to take on more emotional labor and domestic labor against my will solely based on the reproductive organs that I was born with. That 100% was a fear, still is a fear, Um, however, it wasn't from seeing my mom as a housewife doing all this work. Um, I had mentioned in the, the previous recording of, of this that I saw my mom suffering with a lot of mental illness and isolation and just, you know, shutting herself off in the home. But I didn't see her do housework. She would cook and my dad would also cook. But the the heavier labor, the labor of, of really taking care of the house fell to uh the my not my um two amazing women who were the housekeepers since i was a small child um two women of color um I think for a long time it was only one of them and then the second came on um, maybe when I was a teenager but they were the ones I saw primarily doing the housework um, and doing laundry um, vacuuming cleaning windows and countertops um, I remember being a child they would also do my hair you know, before I'd go off to school or camp. I remember (laughs) my hair being put in some very tight braids. Um, And they, I don't remember my parents ever doing my hair. It was, it was this person. So not only do I struggle with traditional roles of women being in the home 
and and that work of nurturing yourself by taking care of your space and cooking and feeding yourself and taking care of the the clothes that you know you put on your body not only is that undervalued already because of this feminized lens that's put on it but there's also the message that i received that it wasn't for me to do that this labor should go to others so that i can pursue other things that are deemed of more value and in this other recording i talked about um seeing my dad be a workaholic um while he did cook and was a great cook is a great cook um he was mostly dedicated to his work so even if he was home he was closed up in his office um, or he was outside the home and I would constantly get the message of how much people loved him and appreciated his work and how important his work was and so that's what I wanted um I wanted to do valuable work. I wanted to work hard and I wanted to be respected for it. Um, and I didn't see that in um, in motherhood. And... And anything possibly related to that. Um, And on the flip side, at least in my family, there is a um, and uh, possibly within the culture too, there is this interesting pedestal that mothers are put on even though in practice, mothers are not supported at all. So there is this feeling of, or this pressure I felt growing up, and even as an adult, just some comments that family members would make to me um, in young adulthood, um, about how, you know, how being a, a mother is superior to other choices. Um, and that made me want to not even consider it either, regardless of the fact that I also suffered with endometriosis and was in excruciating pain from the time I was 11 years old, um, until 2018, until I was 30. Um, And the fact that the idea of having children for me 
has just never felt like a yes, like it is for some people. Some people know in their bones they want to be a parent. And that's just never been me. Um, And I've finally gotten to a point where I... I don't think there's anything wrong with me for feeling that way because it's just how I feel. Um, but growing up in my family, I was meant to feel that I was there was something very wrong or immature about me for having that stance and and not pursuing that in any way. Um, even though. I was, you know, constantly caretaking animals. Um, But anyway. So when I initially recorded, you know, unpacking that, that aspect of, of my life and wanting to shift that, it was also because I had spent a day pretty much just cooking and cleaning and doing laundry and doing things for myself because I um, had woken up feeling very sore and very fatigued, fibromyalgia, emotional hangover from life. And I had... It had, it had gotten to the end of the day and I was texting with my best friend and I believe I wrote something to the extent of, I can't believe the day is over. I've done nothing. And that thought of having a full day of just taking care of myself and that not being worthwhile um, was what spurred that initial recording on um but the fact that it didn't touch on the housekeepers that I grew up um that I grew up seeing do domestic work um it didn't feel didn't feel like a full unpacking of of my experience and of my feelings and why they were there. Um, And that didn't seem right to me. And the other thing that I had mentioned in terms of learning to unpack internalized misogyny um, and internalized racism, because let's be real, that's also what that is, you know. What 
was that before I decided to change the way I live my life, I was trying to get away with being as man enough as I could. Professionally, personally, all of it, because that's what's taken seriously and that's what's um, considered important and good. Um, And I was just trying to follow that as many, if not all of us are, and especially being um, a woman slash non-binary person, um, the, the things that I was hoping to get that I saw my dad receive didn't come to me. Because I'm not a man. Or I'm not perceived as a man. Um, And that was a hard pill to swallow as a, you know, nearly 30-year-old at the time when I was still really going for it in life in that way. Um, And I had mentioned feeling jealous of men, of that freedom of just by default being taken seriously, being seen as important, Um, and as I think about that more, like, yes, there is a desire to be respected as a human being by other human beings, um, but you know, to say that I want what they have is to is to also say that I just want more privilege rather than equity, and that's not right either. That's not what I want. Because I know that my self-worth is not determined by my gender or what I do or don't do, it's inherent because I exist. And that's true of everybody, every single living creature on this planet. Um, And the fact that those feelings and those thoughts still come up for me means that the conditioning is so embedded and I'm still trying to survive and function in a patriarchal society so there are times where I am participating where we're all participating because 
we have to and on some level there's a lot we can do as individuals but for things to really change systemically it's it's a collective effort um This recording is definitely more, maybe it just feels this way because I, I've i had time to think about it and um, respond to myself in a way. So I'm thinking of it as it's sounding more preachy. I don't know if it actually is or not, um, especially since... There's no reference for anyone else of, you know, what was in the previous recording except what I've shared here. Um, The other one was definitely more just in the moment, reflective, happening in real time. Not that this isn't happening in real time. It is. Um, But I've been able to sit with it a little more. Um. It's interesting. It's all really interesting to think about. Um, And really, since I made that original recording, I've, I've been a lot gentler with myself. Um, If all I can get done in a day is some housework here and there. Um, I haven't felt that internal drop of, oh no, what am I doing with my life? It's just passing me by, you know. (laughs) Um, That hasn't happened since then, so... That feels like a little bit of progress, Um, but I'm sure it'll pop up again, as things do in their various and nuanced ways.